You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? Welcome to a special edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. This is the Inside the Draft Room edition. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, excited to bring you a conversation that I had with Scott Pioli, five-time executive of the year a couple of weeks ago. We are going to take you inside one of the most secretive places in the NFL. But before we do, we want to remind you that DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. All right, before we get to our interview with Scott Pioli, I just want to remind everybody again, rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. You do not want to miss the coverage that we have. In addition to today's great show, we are also going to talk to Aiden Hutchinson, possible first overall draft pick. He's going to join the show tomorrow. We're going to talk to Chris Olave of Ohio State, and we're going to talk to Jaquan Brisker, safety from Penn State, all on Thursday's show before the draft. So you want to follow now so you don't miss any of that great stuff. Okay, let's not waste any more of your time. Here's my conversation with Scott Pioli. Joining us now on the SB Nation NFL show to take us inside a draft room and help us figure out what goes on and just what it's like is three-time Super Bowl champion, five-time executive of the year, Scott Pioli. Scott, thank you so much for the time today. Oh, absolutely, Rob. And I'm going with Rob. I know a lot of people go with stats. I'm going with Rob. I've known you long enough. So um, no, thanks for having me. Really, really a a treat. So thank you. No problem. Let's get right into it because I have a million questions for you. (laughs) Um, First, just generally, what is the toughest part of draft preparation? You know, the toughest part of it is getting all the information and making sure that you're using the most important situation information. And I, I know that sounds very cliche or just a or matter, yeah, of course, but with different players, with different circumstances, different situations, there's a lot of variables that um, are important depending on the individual. Obviously you have to know if the player can play, you have to know their background, but to me, it's, it's, you're always gathering information. You're always getting information. You're always getting evaluations, but you have to keep asking why, 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 why. And the, the toughest part of it is that in the end, you're dealing with the evaluation and unfortunately the judgment of human beings. And no matter how much data, no matter how much information, no matter, you know, there'll always be people that say, I told you so. Um, when dealing with the evaluation of human beings, it's never going to be 100% correct. And you also have to evaluate the sources of that information, right? Because the people telling you things 
have their own interests in mind. So you Absolutely. have to, there's like two judgments going on. Yes. You know, Seth, that, that is a great point because it's not the, the, as an information gatherer and evaluator, you have to get information from different places. Sometimes it's, it's people on your own staff that have a, uh, ha have biases. They, they, because it's someone from their area, because it's someone that they've fallen in like with um, for different reasons, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional. Um, but then when you go back to the school, you know, the, some of the coaches and some of the people that you have to interface with there that you have to gather information with, they, you know, some people say, well, they've got their agenda, but, you know, I don't know if it's agenda as much as it's people just being human, right? And the people on the coaching staffs have good experiences with some people. They have bad experiences with some people. Some people, they know the kids, but they know their family or they recruited them. So they'll be hesitant to share all the truth or they will be the, you know, the eternal optimist and, and not give you all of what you need. And it doesn't necessarily make people bad people that you're gathering that information from and it doesn't make them liars. It just makes them very, very human. I heard a story from Mike Tannenbaum once about how Rex Ryan actually told one of the people they were interviewing what to say when Tannenbaum asked him a question because Rex really liked this player. So he wanted to get him drafted by the Jets. Have you ever had to deal with that from your own staff? Kind of because like you said, guys kind of get their favorites. Well, I don't know if I've had anyone coach a play. Well, you know, I know that some scouts, I'll say this. I know that I know there have been scouts who will tell players, listen, this is what's important to either me, meaning Pioli, or this is what's important to Belichick. This is what's important to, you know, Parcells or to Dan Quinn or all the coaches I've worked. So they'll coach them up a little bit. Um, that has happened. Um, but I think in the best organizations, that doesn't happen because people are wanting to really get to the truth that is the best decision for the greater good, not just to satisfy, you know, what they want. And I know that there's been times, uh, a number of times in coaches I've worked with where there's been a disagreement in either the physical skills or the tools and or the makeup of the individual and we can sit in the same room. I mean, there's a couple of times I remember Bill and I sat in the same room with the same player, heard the same conversation. I would say 99% of the time we received it the same way and were on the same page, even though we talked about it and had to work through some things. Um, and then there was a couple of times um, with every head coach that I've worked with or, or even coordinators where you sit in the room and you just hear and sense things completely differently. And then it comes down to, again, this is a fascinating, my mind's going hundred miles an hour right now. This is a fascinating conversation because there are people that can have a tendency that are more, they become, they maybe aren't this way all the time. They become so competitive or so much want what they want that they're willing to be, um, that getting the player that they want becomes a competition rather than the most important thing for the greater good. And they allow their, um, we're, we're, every one of us in this business is selfish, right? And we sometimes will allow our competitiveness or our desire to want something supersede the greater good. But that's where the good, the best partnerships are usually good, where 
a good partner knows when to stand down. And I, you know, I think I know that was a very important thing that I learned and I made sure that I, that I did, that I knew had to learn when to stand down sometimes for the greater good. I, I hope that makes sense. Can you remember a particular instance where you had to stand down and either definitely worked out or, or you were right? I'm not going to write that book yet. <laughs> that would be giving someone up that, or, or someone that I worked with. I, I, I get, yeah, I, I would just, I wouldn't want to get into specifics. Um, that's why I'm never going to write a book either. You know, cause you gotta, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you end up having to re- reveal warts and it ends up being unfair to other people because there were times, you know, where I wish I wouldn't have stood down um, and been stronger. And then there's other times where as even in the position of, of being responsible where I stood down and um, thought maybe I wasn't being either a, a good listener or a good teammate and the, and the and we came up with the wrong decision. Are those arguments all over by the time the draft starts or are they still going on as the draft starts and as guys are still on the board? Well, you have to put a timeline on it, right? And so there is a timeline on it. And the, the that particular conversation needs to be over. That doesn't mean that the people who didn't get that way or the person that didn't get their way has fully come to resolution within their own mind. And some people choose to be um, good teammates and good partners. Some don't, some will complain out of school. And you know, I'm gonna give, this is interesting without giving, I'll give you one name of one of my favorite coaches of all time, who I think is still to this day, was, you know, was one of the best app, uh, evaluators. Not all good coaches are good out evaluators. Um, Dante Scarnecchio, who was our offensive line coach at the New England Patriots, one of the best evaluators um, that I've been around. Also one of the most loyal human beings and one of the most loyal coaches, one of the be- most loyal partners, teammates, whatever you want to call all of that, he, all of those roles that he played. There were a number of times Dante would stand up, fight his fight, and there were a number of times where we selected players that maybe Dante wasn't all in on and wasn't completely comfortable with. But when we brought a player to the Patriots and we brought him to Dante and brought him to Dante's room, he had this ability and has this ability to say, the heck with my personal feelings. This guy's mine. He's in my room. He's one of us. Here we go. And he would coach his butt off and he would never whisper or mutter or complain in the background at lunch at the water cooler he was you know um he was all in and to me those that people wonder about some of the brilliance and the beauty of Dante Scarnecchia yes he's a great coach yes he's an excellent teacher a great tactician all those things but from that standpoint that's one of the ways that he was unique um and I'll say this, I'll give you a quick story too, again, without mentioning names. There was an early draft in New England where, um, you know, we were in the draft room. We had a very small group of people in draft room, very, very small. And we were discussing a player or a group of players. And um, it was way ahead of our pick. And, and Bill, Ernie Adams, myself, and the crafts, a small group of us in the draft room. 
And we called a couple of assistant coaches up to the draft room because we wanted to talk about this group of players at this particular position. What do you think about, bah, 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 X, you know, X, Y, Z? They gave their piece. They spoke. We pushed back a little bit. And there was a player that wasn't necessarily their favorite. It was two coaches. Um, and we, um, we liked someone more than they did. And they had someone else ahead. So after that discussion, it's the old Foxborough Stadium. And we get done. They leave the room um, and they walk out into the lobby. And, and short, very shortly thereafter, I have to excuse myself to go to the bathroom. So I have to go all the way downstairs. But as I walk out, I'm following behind them a few steps. And I hear them talking and saying to them, saying to one another, you know, I don't even know why they call us up there. They probably don't give a crap and they're going to take whoever they want anyway. And I got to tell you, Rob, it was one of those moments where I felt like crap. That I felt in that moment that we weren't doing a good enough job of leading. And that if that's how um, our teammates, the people we worked with, felt that their opinion was valued, that we weren't doing a good job. Um it was interesting because it then led to a discussion where, you know, I, I went back upstairs and Bill and I talked about it. I said, Bill, you know, are, are, are we doing a good enough job of listening to, to our folks here? Yes, we've done all the work, but, you know, sometimes we don't have that strong of a feeling on this player. And this is why we had them up there. Maybe we're missing something. And um, so it was one of those situations where long-winded answer, Rob, I'm, I'm sorry, but that moment was a moment where you know the complaining outside of the the room was was an important moment i won't admit i won't tell you who they were i won't tell you who the player was but i will say that they were wrong <laughs> <laughs> well there you go that's the most well, important but, part. No, but the truth is they were wrong and so were bill and i because the guy that we liked he also didn't make it so <laughs> we were all wrong <laughs> well and that's another outcome of that situation, right? We tend yes. to think that one person is going to be right or wrong, but that's not necessarily how it works. Exactly. Exactly. You, but I do have to say that Bill and I were wrong too. <laughs> Plenty more to go with five-time executive of the year, Scott Pioli. Stay with us. When we come back, we're going to get into what it's like when you are actually on the clock in the draft room and how much comes down to playing the man rather than playing the house. We'll explain what I mean when we come back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You mentioned the small draft room. I'm always interested in that. What was the yeah. setup of your draft room? How did you figure that out? Yeah, it, it was very different. You know, I, I, I because I saw several iterations, you know, between my time in Cleveland, yep. the one year in Baltimore in 96. And, um, you know, in Cleveland, it was very small, very small group of people. Um, in Baltimore, it was more people more open with Ozzy and Coach Marcha Broda for that one year, then go to the Jets for the next three years. And it's somewhere in between smaller, but it's still also not everybody. And then we get to New England and we kept it very small. And, and it, it's interesting because I look back on that retrospectively, Bill and I, and er, we knew what our intent was and how we wanted to do it and why we were doing what we were doing. We didn't want distractions. We didn't want conversations. We were so laser focused that less was more. And what happens is when people are in there, there's, there's a couple of things can happen and a couple of things do happen. Um, some people don't focus on the business and the task at hand only. And there's chirping and they're just talking and, you know, distractions. Um, and on the flip side, you want people to feel like they're being included and, they're, and that's an inclusive process. Um, you know, I, I again, it, it's been all across the board, but I know, so, you know, some of the times I've been able to be a part of making some of the best decisions is when it has been a smaller group because there are fewer distractions. Um, and it, it, it that makes it difficult too because unintentionally it makes people feel like they're less than, or and unintentionally it feels like they don't matter. And that's not, um, you know, there's been plenty of times and decisions and things in life, even when I was a leader um, or part of the leadership group that I wasn't a part of discussions. And that's just part of what, what comes with the territory. Um, so those rooms, like in New England, it was very small. I think at time, there were times where we didn't have more than eight or nine people in the, you know, maybe seven or eight people in the draft room and people were called in when it was important to have a conversation. And it was part of that, just do your job thing. Everyone in that draft room had a job and they needed to be able to stay laser focused. And we handled business, uh, you know, pretty well. 
So take me sort of into the moment now. You are, you're not on the clock, you're on deck, so to speak. So you're next up. What's going on in the room? Well, it, it depends on the circumstance and the situation because that's the thing. We were paying attention, being laser focused 10 picks ahead because you, you, it can't be just being laser focused on the pick ahead of you and preparing what you're doing. Part of the job is to not only know because you have, you're going to draft some combination. Some teams go best player available, some go need. Usually the best decisions are made when those things are kind of closer together. And it's some, you know, it's some duality of that. And you need to be paying attention to the entire draft and watch and see how players are, are, are leaving the board and what your opportunity is. If you do have need, if you do, you know, you, because we all have needs, but you're looking for the best players available and then as things are, are happening with each pick, you're looking at this player who's, you know, the best corner still on your board versus the player who's the best running back on your board. What's the need? And you're spending that time having discussions, debating what's the best way to move. You know, is the best decision for us next pick up? We need to be ready to trade because there could be greater value in accumulating more draft picks because we have so many needs or, or picks in the future. Um, you, you know, Rob, I, I don't know if there, there's not one set thing happening that, you know, it, it, the pick before it's again, this, there's this enormity of information that you gathered leading up to the process that, and, and I've said this often, there's the evaluation portion of the process and then there's the strategy portion of the process. As you get closer to the draft, and then as once you're in the draft and game is on, the evaluation part should have all been done. And now you're thinking strategically how you're gonna maneuver up and down the board to get your roster to the best place you think it can be. That's fascinating to me, that part of it. Well, people talk about playing poker in a casino and they say poker is the best game to play because you're not playing the house. You're playing the other people at the table. What you're talking about there kind of reminds me of that. How much of it is, OK, this person may be the best player on our board that's available, but so and so is picking after me. I don't think they like this guy or they don't need this position. So I think maybe can we wait to get him in a later round? How do you balance that side of it? Oh. Stats. This is an awesome question because just and as you study people and you study teams and you're studying the head coach and the general manager and the decision makers of a team, you're studying them and you're predicting, projecting as to what they're going to make. And you know what? You get that wrong sometimes, too. <laughs> so you can think that, you know, and you can do all the homework that you want, say, well, they're definitely going tackle here. They're going to be going tackle here. I've heard this. I've seen this. And and often you can be right, but you know what? Sometimes you're wrong too. And there's this this whole idea of having actual knowledge. I go back to one of our times at the Jets, and this is a story that I know has been told a number of times. You know, we knew we wanted Matt Light, right? And we were in the second round, and we thought we were going to be able to sit where we were that we didn't think that there was a team that was going to pick a tackle before us. Well, lo and behold, you know, I think we're, I want to say we were at 51, the Lions were at 50, the Jets were at 49 or 48 in and around there. 
And I call Matt Light to check in on Matt Light and say, hey, Matt, this is Pioli. Don't tell anyone that's there with you who you're talking to. Just want to see how you're doing, what's going on. Have you heard from anybody? And Matt says to me in that moment, he goes, oh, that's funny. I'm actually on my other, back when they had the, you know, it was the call waiting thing. He says, I'm on, you know, I just put the jets on, on hold. They're huh. keeping me on the phone because they're getting ready to take me. And we're now at pick 44 or 45. And I look at Bill and I said, and I said, Matt, okay, I'm going to hang up now, but don't tell anybody. You're going to get back on with the jets. Don't tell anyone that you just spoke to me. And I get off the phone and I tell Bill, you know, hey, here's what's going down. Now, the, oh, the Lions had the pick right before, right before the Jets. So we get on the phone with Matt Millen. We call Matt Millen. Hey, Matt, we want you. What's it going to take to jump up? Matt's like, hey, you know, ham sandwich. We give him a ham sandwich. We <laughs> jump one pick ahead of the Jets. Call Matt White. Matt, he says, yeah, I'm still on the phone with the Jets. I said, well, don't worry about it. You're actually going to go higher in the draft because we are now going to pick you one pick ahead of the draft uh, of the Jets. And, and I tell that story because it goes back to what you're saying. You do all this infor you, information gathering. You do all this studying of the other teams, their front offices, their tendencies, their traits, their coaching staff, their needs. You know, what, as an outsider, you never know what the other teams think their real needs are because every team has more information about their own players, their own roster, their own circumstances than you do. Like you'll know, you know, there's some players that might be suspended and the world doesn't know yet. There may be some players with circumstances, situations, health issues that the world doesn't know about. Now in this era of so much more information being out there, there's still information that's secret. So you need to navigate through all of that stuff to get to the place to, um, to strategically do the right thing or the best thing for your team. I have two more questions for you. The first is, because you've been a part of drafts before the NFL changed the format and then after, which I think 2010 was when they decided the first round was going to be Thursday night. Yeah. How, how did that change things for you? Because that would drive me nuts. I would much rather just get in the draft and do it instead of having the first round. Then you have all yeah. night to sit and think about who you picked, who you could have picked, who's still available. How did it change for you? Well, here's one of the things I'll say this. This is one of the things that I learned early on from both bills, uh, Belichick and Parcells is at first it annoyed me right, or annoyed me or it frustrated me. But the reality is get over it. It doesn't matter because the rules are the rules and you're going to have to follow the rules. So that energy that's spent being frustrated or annoyed or bothered by something that's a new, that's going to be done a new way. All that is is wasted energy and all it does is waste energy, time and emotion and intellect that can be spent on doing your job. So, yeah, it was it, it bothered me because I'm also a, a creature of habit and I like it. And and again, you set up a process that um, that prepares you to do it a certain way. And then all of a sudden it changes and then you just need to adjust to it. It's just like rules changes. You just need to adjust. That was a very Patriots answer, but it's the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, yes, you're right, but that's the truth. What are you going to do? Worry, what good is worrying about that stuff going to do? Uh, Parcells used to say, "Hey, don't don't chase windmills. <laughs> you know, just just move on." So then, last question: the draft is over. You have finished for the for the year. All the picks are in. What do you do? Do you take everybody out to dinner? What happens that night? It, it depends. Most of the time. 
people just want to be left alone, you know, and, and meaning this, it, because every, it, it's different in different circumstances, you know, at, at the, um, I remember for most of the teams I was with, it was over and everyone just kind of, you know, you did your recap, you thanked people, and then you kind of went your own way. The scouts just wanted to go home to their families. You know, the people that were in for the, they just wanted to get home and go see, it's the springtime. They want to see their kids. They want to see their wives. They want to get out. Um, some places you would, um, you know, I remember at the Falcons, there was an after party, you, you know, where the scouts could go and people could go. But truthfully, there was this party, but all the coaches just wanted to go home and see their families. <laughs> you know, they were in the middle of mini camps and getting ready for mini camps. They were going to be having to work. What ends up usually being Mother's Day weekend is going to be one of the two weekends. They just want to get home and see their families. And the scouts want to get home and see their families. So it's um, it, it's all across the board um, in, in what people do. And to me, I just wanted to get a little bit of peace without the anxiety of the draft coming up. And then, and then there's this within a day or two, you know, I mean, I say that, but really once the draft is over rookie free agency used to be so competitive, that was such a battle for days. And then you'd have guys that were committed and then guys that would skunk you after they committed <laughs> the facts, never the back in the day, the facts would never come over with their signature. So there's still another, when you're done, there's some people that are working like crazy to finish that. And then the other people are just on their way. See, this is why you need to watch Scott Piola. You've seen him on NFL Network. You've seen him on CBS. You made us all smarter, Scott. Thank you very much. Three-time Super Bowl champ, five-time executive of the year. We appreciate the time today. Rob, thank you so much for having me. Let's do this again, please. Thanks again to Scott Pioli for his time. I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. I always like learning just a little bit more about the process. Plenty more to come for SB Nation and the SB Nation NFL show when it comes to draft coverage. We have a huge show before the draft starts. Aiden Hutchinson is going to join us, possible number one overall pick. Chris Olave, the wide receiver, is going to join us. And Penn State safety Jaquan Brisker also going to hop on. That is all coming up tomorrow on the SB Nation NFL show, not to mention our live draft coverage on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere you watch the draft and consume the internets. That is where we are going to be. We'll be live with you for the first 10 picks. And then after that, we're going to transition to a Twitter space. We'll take your questions, your answers. We're going to have members from every team community hopping in and out throughout the night. So if you have a question about your team's draft pick or what they didn't do or anything, come hop in the space, be a part of it. We want to hear from you. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. Again, you want all that goodness to come right to your phone. Enjoy your Wednesday, everybody. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk tomorrow. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.